Matthew chapter 5. And we begin at the first verse. This is God's inerrant and infallible word. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds And praise your Father in heaven. That's as far as we'll read this morning in God's holy word. Well, you know, friends, that one of the privileges, but also at times one of the challenges that parents have is giving names to their children. But in that activity of naming children, Parents are reflecting what God himself does with his children. You remember, of course, the greatest example. God gave the name to the baby born of Mary in Bethlehem. The name of the God-man, Redeemer. And she will bring forth a son... And you shall call him Jesus, for he himself will save his people from their sins. Jesus means Savior, and God gave that name to his son. And God gives names as well to his children who are adopted in the gospel. Men and women and boys and girls who trust in Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul said, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. God names his children. My two younger brothers in my own family had birth names and then adoptive names as well as they were adopted into our family. 
You may recall in John Bunyan's book, Pilgrim's Progress, the main character's original name was Graceless. And then he was named Christian. Well, we witnessed here this morning the baptism of a child. And her name is Elena. That name comes from a Greek root, which means shining light. Shining light. But you know, that is not just the name of one child among us. It is, in fact, the name of every Christian. You are the light of the world, said Jesus to his disciples. You are the light of the world. The church together is the one light of the world. And so every individual believer shares in that identity and that name. And what an amazing, humbling, honoring, searching, invigorating, and encouraging name it is. The light of the world. That's a very bold claim, isn't it? To sit here as the church and to believe what Jesus said and to say, well, Jesus said, we're the light of the world. Just look around this morning. We're the light of the world. Isn't that a bold claim? Jesus was speaking, you remember, in Matthew 5, to his rather unremarkable, ordinary, common disciples and followers. Not many noble, not many wise, not powerful, not influential in a worldly sense. And he says to this group of people, you are the light of the world. It's amazing. Light, of course, is a metaphor for many things in the Bible as well. It uh, speaks of truth, understanding, true wisdom. Light is that which brings life and growth and fruit and good things. If you are referring to someone at times who's very intelligent, who's insightful, who has a very sharp mind, you might say he or she is very bright or she is quite brilliant. If someone has a great idea, a really mind-opening, life-changing thought that's often pictured if someone wants to draw it with a light bulb coming on over their head. On the other hand, when civilizations lose their learning and become superstitious and unsophisticated, historians refer to that time in history, those kinds of times, as dark ages. But here's Jesus in Matthew 5, and what is he saying? He says to these unimpressive disciples, these men and women who are following him, and he says then to the church in every age, represented by them, you are the light of the world. 
And I can imagine people saying, maybe even someone here this morning, I don't know, to think, the light of the world? Give me a break. How how do you even think you can make that kind of bold claim? Or they might even say more harshly, how arrogant you are. How proud you must be. How deluded. You think that you Christians are the light of the world? You're claiming that the church is humanity's bright hope? How exclusive that is. Isn't there light in every religion? All cultures? All people? And here you say, you are the light of the world? Well, what do we say to that? Well, we say, yeah, it's a bold claim. And it's an exclusive claim. And it is a seemingly proud and self-important claim. But two things need to be remembered. First, the world always does exactly what it criticizes the church doing. There's no neutrality. Somebody thinks they're right. Even the person who says nobody's right. Have you met someone like that? There is no truth, nobody's right, there are no absolutes. And you listen to them and you say, are you sure? Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm sure no one can be sure. See, everyone does it. Everyone believes something is true. And so the shoe fits the other foot as well. In the 1700s, when people were rejecting religious authority, when they were abandoning the Bible, and when they were exalting man's unaided reason to be the judge of all truth, when they were putting all their hope in science and human education, what did they call it? The Enlightenment. They said, we're the light of the world. They did it. Because everyone believes something is true. The world was saying man is the light of the world. Human philosophy, human reason, secular thinking is the light of the world. The Enlightenment claimed that the Dark Ages were dark just because it was the Bible that was held as the final authority of truth. The problem was, the reason the Dark Ages existed was because people were superstitiously believing in a God who existed and ruled and saved. How dark their minds must have been. You see, the world, thinking that it is open and inclusive and neutral, is just as dogmatic and exclusive and bold in its claim. And so name-calling doesn't help us. The real issue isn't who is being exclusive, but who is right. That's the issue. Who is right? And to really see who is right, we must understand something else so important when we come across this word, light. 
When Jesus says, you are the light of the world, we must understand that when Jesus said that to the church, you are the light of the world, it was the same Jesus who said elsewhere, I am the light of the world. And we need to see that fundamental statement about light before we see the secondary statement about the church. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this is so important to remember, both for people outside the church and for people in the church. Christians are not in themselves. We are not on our own the light of the world. Apart from Christ, apart from Jesus, there's only darkness. That's true for everyone. In the church or outside of the church. The church is the light of the world is not a proud, self-centered, self-generated claim. It is true only because of the church's connection to Jesus. It is only a reality that exists in union with Christ. And boys and girls, many people have, have given an illustration of this that I think is really helpful. Have you ever gone out on a, on a bright and clear night and seen something shining very brightly up in the night sky? You've seen little lights, probably. But have you seen a really big light shining up in the night sky? I can't see all the faces of the little kids. I know you have. It's the moon. And when the moon is full, sometimes you can go out at night in your backyard and you can see your own shadow. It, it's a different kind of light, but it's bright even at night. The moon shines at night. It has a brightness that is beautiful. But the moon doesn't generate its own light. It's just dust. We'll think about that more this afternoon. It's just dust. All the brightness is a reflected light from the sun. And in a very similar way, Christians who are dust. If we are light bearers, it is because we are reflecting Jesus, who is the light of the world. Light is that picture of truth and purity and life in the Bible. Sin in the Bible is called darkness because sin believes what is not true. Sin brings immorality and misery. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is holy. Sin is opposition to God. It is darkness. People are born in sin in this world as the descendants of Adam. We all are. And Paul says, born as sinners, we not only live in darkness, he says we are darkness, Ephesians 5, 8. For you were once darkness. Even if we think we're so enlightened, God says 
I won't have you put up your hands, but some of you may have watched some of the Batman movies. There's been a whole spate of them. All sorts of different actors. You can have debates with your friends over coffee. Who's the best Batman? But there's been a recent Batman movie. I haven't seen it. I probably won't. I heard even a secular commentary about it. And what the man said about the movie was, it's just dark. And it is. He's called the Dark Knight, Batman. But this movie is so unrelentingly dark, so pervasively dark, that they had to make a new way of filming. Because otherwise you couldn't see anything. There was so little light on the set. It is darkness. In, in, in cinematic technology. And it is darkness in theme. It's just dark. And people flock to it. Is this world, Isaiah 60, the world lies in darkness. But God's word is light. It is truth as opposed to dark deception. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp and a light to my path. And beloved, into this dark world, into this world that lived in the darkness of the shadow of has shined. And in these last days, God has spoken in his Son, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That speaks of the Son of God, Jesus And you would think that people groping in darkness would welcome such a light. Did some of you do that? Stubbing your toes and banging your heads last night? Where's my flashlight? I know I had it here somewhere. Where is it? Ah, there it is. Battery's dead. We love the light when we know we're in the darkness. And here comes Jesus into this world of dark sin and misery, death. Did people say, oh, finally, thank God for light. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Why? 2 Corinthians 4, the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 
You know, when people understand something, really understand it, they say, ah, now I see the light. But that is most importantly important with respect to Jesus. Have you seen the light? Have you seen Jesus? Do you know who he is? Do you know why he came? Do you know what he's done? Do you know what he promises? We need the light of Christ. We need to have our blindness changed into sight. Many people acknowledge some of the truth of the Bible. You hear the law of God. You hear the call in the Bible as Jesus summarized the law to love God and to love your neighbor. And you know that love is good. But if you're honest, you say, but I don't do that. Jesus said the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, so often I talk to people and I I get to talk to them and they say, I'm not that bad. Sometimes I'll say, have you broken, have, have you committed the worst sin? No, I haven't killed anyone. That's what they almost always say. If the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength, then not to do that is the greatest sin. That's the greatest sin. Have you done that? Nobody answers that. Yes. Nobody. The convicting truth of the exposing light of God's law, because he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. Light exposes things, doesn't it? I think it must be especially at this time of the year with the position of the sun in the sky. But in the mornings now, especially when I'm up early in the morning and getting a coffee or doing whatever, in the mornings, the sun shines through our back windows that usually look pretty clean. But at this time of year, especially in the morning, when that light comes through those windows, I just go, whoa, what has gone on here? It amazes me how dirty they are, how streaked they are, how ugly they look. And I run for the Windex. Ephesians 5.13 says, Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. The light of God's word and law exposes a man's heart. Now, when light exposes things, when light exposes you or exposes me, and shows the dark things, and the ugly things, and the unloving things. Do you want that light? Do you want others to see what's really there? That's a powerful motivation. Jesus spoke about it in John 3. This is the condemnation. Light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. And so it's understandable. 
I'm not going to be exposed that way. I don't want someone to know who I really am in here. I don't want my thoughts for everyone to see somehow. I'd rather stay in the dark. But here's the foolishness of that kind of thinking and behavior. God already sees it. He already sees it. He sees more than you even know. He sees in the dark places of your heart and mind that you don't even realize are there yet. And into the exposing, searching light of God's truth and God's knowledge, we all must come to stand one day. And in God's holy judgment, there is only one place for sinful darkness. And that's what the Bible calls hell. And the Bible calls it outer darkness. The children, even of the kingdom, who are unbelieving, of the church, who are unbelieving, just being part of the church doesn't save anybody. The children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's only when, by God's grace, we confess the darkness, and by his grace that we come into the light of the grace and mercy and wonder of the good news of Jesus Christ. When God really opens your eyes to the light of Christ, when you're born again, when you really see what you need to see about yourself, but more importantly about him, the light of the world. Jesus, the light of the world, convicts people of sin, yes, Rejection of him shows how dark the darkness is, yes. But this same light of the world entered the darkness in the place of his people. This is what Jesus did. He is the light of the world, but what did he do? When Christ, the sinless one, the light, was crucified on Calvary, the place of the skull, Luke says it was now about the sixth hour and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. For the sun stopped shining. It was the middle of the day. It was noon. And God made it dark. Why? One commentator said, Hell came to Calvary that day. And the Savior descended into it and bore its horrors in our place. Amazing. The light of the world slain in darkness. The darkness we deserved. And there he was hanged. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in him. Because Jesus endured the darkness of the wrath of God Good news can be spoken to sinful people. And God, by sovereign grace, brings people out of darkness into light. The light of Christ. The light of forgiveness. The light of salvation. We've been at several funerals lately in this congregation. Let me ask you, are you afraid to die? 
That's not some kind of just public speaking trick to add. Are you afraid to die? In 1625, Sir Francis Bacon wrote, Men fear death as children fear to go into the dark. Now listen to Isaiah 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Acts 26, the gospel came to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, so that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You are a chosen people, God says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We would have never come on our own, but God brought us out of darkness into the light of Christ by his sovereign grace. And united to Jesus Christ, here's what Jesus says now. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Forgiven and righteous in God's sight, all by faith alone. But saving faith is never alone. It always changes a life. And so we are the light of the world. Let me just end with with a few quick practical implications of what it means if you're a believer here this morning to be the light of the world. First, we are to be a holy people. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live in the truth. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Or 1 Thessalonians 5, you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like the others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. You're the light of the world. Be a holy people. We are to be a biblical people. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Isaiah 8.20 says, To the law and to the testimony, the written word of God, if they do not speak according to this word, It is because there is no light in them. The church will not be the light of the world if we leave Scripture behind. It is because of the Bible in our hands that we are the light of the world, in our hands and in our mouths. We are to be a biblical people. We are also to be an enlightening evangelistic people. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's one of the reasons why we're thankful to have that building that we're renovating in Russell, right there on the main street, because we're the light of the world with the gospel of the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And we want to be on a hill. 
We want to be seen. That's scary in a way. All the eyes on you, all the comments on social media now on us. Yep. We're the light of the world. By God's grace, we won't put it under a basket. We won't be afraid. We remember that it is only the light of Christ that is the hope of this world and the hope for sinners. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, the darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Boys and girls, you know the song, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. How I wonder what you are. That's what people should say about Christians when they meet them. How I wonder what you are. Do all things without complaining and arguing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And it's plural. You all are the light of the world. We do it together as we love each other and shine the light of Christ. We are to be a comforted people as well. Light is comforting. The reality is that even as we live in the light of Christ, there are times in this life when we go through things in God's providence that are very dark days, sad times, deep, dark valley times, times that in which we face great unknowns and what-ifs and what-nows. Days where we sense even spiritual depression or a sense of God's desertion from us. Those are dark times. How do we carry on? How do we cope? We must know from God's word what the truth is and then live by faith and not by sight. Psalm 139, 11. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. And last, we are to be a confident people because we have a true and certain and living hope of the dawning of the eternal day in glory. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and the Lamb is its lamp. You're the light of the world, beloved. Jesus said of John the Baptist, he was a burning and shining light. May it be true of us. May we all be Elena's.